Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. So this episode, I'm going to be, what you're getting is the sort of preliminary outline or thinking of the uh, a new module I'm going to be adding to my Upwork 101 course. Now, right now, the uh, my Upwork 101 course is just one module. talks about how to build your profile. And I've always wanted to, from the beginning, the plan was to have several modules to it that talk about a building your profile, but also getting in into how to write proposals and then talking about exit strategy. But also one of the preliminary modules, I wanted to talk about sort of the bigger picture and the overall strategy. So you might call this the master strategy. I haven't settled in on names or anything like that. But I actually believe personally that this is the most important module of the entire course because everything else that you do in the course flows from this. So if you understand these concepts, then you can kind of go on Upwork and just, you can use the tools how you need to in order to, to get work. So this is, again, just some pre- preliminary notes that I've made. And I like to, one of the things that I've learned over the years is that uh, when I have a way of explaining things, and this is stuff that I've done for a long time with everything that I do. But when you sit down to actually teach something, it's a whole whole lot different from knowing how to do it in your head to knowing how to explain it to somebody. So one of the, the best ways to fill that gap is just through verbal integration. And it's one of the reasons why I, I do this podcast is to help me verbally integrate. And then that makes me able to teach these concepts better. So what you're getting is going to be a part of a paid course, but it's sort of the preliminary uh, part of that. But again, I think that if you kind of pay attention and you you add your own ingenuity to this, you can really uh, be able to do something with this. So we're going to talk about three things. Uh, Really, I see the master strategy as three tranches, three sort of aspects that um, make up having a good master strategy or, or three objectives that we have that we want to complete when we are thinking about what we want to do on Upwork. So I'm going to get into what those uh, three things are. Before I do that, I do want to mention this might be my last podcast that I do before Christmas. I don't know. You guys know me. I may get a wild hair and decide to do another one. But uh, if this is the last one that I do, I just want to mention on Christmas Eve at midnight, the launch of my object-oriented programming course is closing down. And what that means is there's a bunch of extra bonus courses that you can get right now, like my PHP 101 course, my login script, my forms, and Upwork, uh, this Upwork 101 module, uh, that module that's already part of that course that I, I mentioned. You can get all those bonus courses with it for free uh, when you purchase the object-oriented programming course. So, uh, if that's some something that you want to get in on, you'll need to do that before Christmas Eve, uh, midnight at Christmas Eve, midnight central time. Otherwise, those bonuses go away. The, the link is johnmorrisonline.com slash OOP for that. One other thing, you know, I think I'm going to start doing all of my marketing uh, sort of tutorials here in the audio-only version of the podcast and not over on YouTube. Just looking at some of the analytics, I've noticed that the the technical tutorials tend to do better over on YouTube, which makes sense because <laughs> you can sort of see the visuals and so forth. Um, and maybe people over there aren't as interested in the marketing aspects of things, whereas the marketing uh, marketing episodes tend to do better here on the podcast on the audio only version. I imagine that's because a lot of you probably listen to this in your car 
or when you're doing something else, you put it on. And so it's a little bit easier to digest that sort of information. So I'm going to, I think going forward, I'm always testing, you guys know this, but I think going forward for the foreseeable future, I'm going to stick to marketing only on, on this podcast. So you guys are getting all of the, the, the marketing and, and how to sell yourself information. Final thing then, uh, before we get into these, these three tranches are, is the, the podcast is now, I just got it submitted and approved over on TuneIn. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with what TuneIn is, but TuneIn is the primary way that I actually listen to podcasts because you can put it on your phone uh, really easily. It's also, uh, you can listen to stuff through uh, Amazon Alexa on TuneIn. That's the primary way I think that uh, Alexa handles uh, podcasts and so forth. So it's just opened it up to a whole new range of ways that you can listen to the show. I imagine some of the others like Google Home and whatever other ones out there are going to eventually support TuneIn as well. So the show is now on TuneIn. So if you happen to be using TuneIn or you have an Amazon Alexa uh, and want to listen to the show on that, then you can you can now uh, do that. So by the time you hear this, they say it takes about 24 hours for everything to go live, but by the time you hear this, you should be able to to get it on there. So, all right, with that said, let's get into these three tranches. So the first one is a term that I use called psychographics. You may have heard me talk about this in the past before. I don't know if this is an actual word. I think it is, but uh, seems like it's a relatively new word. I never really heard too many people talking about this before, but the idea of psychographics is really it's the mental aspect and it's understanding where your p- potential clients are mentally, emotionally, that sort of thing, and how to use that to your advantage in order to help you get work a lot easier. So there's a couple of things when it comes to Upwork that you want to keep in mind. The, the first thing is that it's a competitive buying environment. And so when clients are looking at your proposal or they're looking at your profile and so forth, it's always within the context of there's all of these other developers that are out there that you're competing with. And so that changes things. That makes it a whole lot different than if they were to go to just your website and be analyzing your services on your website alone. It, it, it makes it a, a little bit harder in ways, but also a little bit easier in ways. And so it's important to understand that context, context of it being a competitive buying, buying environment. I would also argue that sites like Upwork, from the client's perspective, are low-trust environments. And it's not because there's not necessarily really good developers on there. There are. There's developers who've made over half a million dollars on Upwork. You don't get to that point unless you're a good, trustworthy developer. But I think a big part of it has to do with the competitive nature of it and the fact that they're when they're analyzing individual developers, it's it almost becomes it, it's it's information overwhelm or information overload in terms of what they have to assess. And so when you start looking, especially if you've had a bad experience, you start looking at uh, profiles and you look at a developer's profile and it looks pretty much exactly the same as the developer that screwed you on your last project, 
then it becomes it comes a little bit harder to assess those things. And really, the ability for them to go through 30 developers and assess every one really, you know, <laughs> really thoroughly is is probably uh, too much to ask. That's probably not going to happen in most cases. And so when you combine those things of a competitive buying environment, you combine it being low trust, then it leads to some things that you need to do as the as the developer in order to stand out, A, because again, you're in a competitive buying environment where you are competing with all these other developers and there's a, not necessarily a ton of difference or it's often hard to tell the difference and it's low trust. So you need to both you need to both stand out among those developers, and you also need to find ways to establish trust quickly. So there's two things that, in my opinion, that that help you to do that that deal with psychographics. The first one is proper branding. Now, branding is a term I'm sure you've heard of before, but we want to talk about proper branding. And the in the example I'll give you is band aids. Now. Everybody I know calls a Band-Aid a Band-Aid. Maybe you know some people that don't. Maybe where you live, they, that's not what the term they use. But everywhere, everybody I know, if I were to go and ask somebody, hey, can I get a Band-Aid, they would know exactly what I mean. But that's not actually what that product is. That product is actually an adhesive bandage. Band-Aid is the brand name of a particular company or a particular brand and I think it's Johnson & Johnson. I think that's one of their brands. It might be Procter & Gamble. But one of those two, it's one of their brands. So the name of the brand is Band-Aid. What the actual product is is an adhesive bandage. So that brand has essentially dominated a, a corner of almost everybody, at least that I know, and I would guess it's probably true across at least the United States. It has it has taken up a little piece, a little corner of the market's mind to the point that when people talk about it, they, they, they don't even realize that it's not a Band-Aid. It's an adhesive bandage. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of mental dominance that you want to strive for when it comes to your, your market, your clients, your space on, on the internet and whole, on Upwork, and so forth. Now, how do you do that? Well, again, one of the things that's illuminating about the story of the Band-Aid brand is that how it actually was invented. So the way that the, the whole idea for Band-Aids came from this guy that worked at, I believe it was Johnson & Johnson again. He worked at, at Johnson & Johnson, and they were sort of in this sort of health, making these sort of products industry, but adhesive bandages at that time didn't exist. Well, his wife would would be at home and she was uh, sewing and knitting a lot and she kept pricking her fingers and she could never really get them to fully heal or, or, or get past and not get blood on the stuff that she was working with because she didn't have anything. There's again, adhesive bandages, band-aids didn't exist back then. So she didn't have anything to put on it. And so she had, she had this sort of problem that was really, really annoying and she was kind of always having a problem with bleeding on stuff that she was working with and getting these things to fully heal. And so 
he came up with this idea of an, a bandage that had a little piece of cloth that you could put over the wound, and then it was adhesive so that you could stick it on there. And that's where the whole idea for Band-Aids even came from in the first place. Now, what's illuminating about that, and this is one of the things that I I feel like I mention constantly when it comes to marketing yourself, and and really as a developer wanting, you know, a lot of developers want to build the next big thing. Well, the way that you build the next big thing is not by focusing on the next big thing. It's by focusing on what people's problems are. This guy really knew the problem because it was his wife that was going through it. And at that time, whether you think it's good or not, there were probably a lot of wives that were at home knitting and sewing and had a very similar problem. And then there were, of course, people, <laughs> you know, other people that were doing different things that had would get cuts and stuff that had similar problems. But his whole the whole idea for the invention came from solving a problem. And so what you want to do is you want to seek out problems and then find creative new ways to solve those problems. But you always have to start with the problem first and get a really good understanding of the emotional pain, you know, what the problem is, the emotional pain that 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 person is going through. And the more you focus on what the problem is and understanding the what the person who has that problem is going through, the more that's going to naturally spark your your mind into creating some solution to that that may be unique or different. And and a, a lot of times where really creative ideas and inventions come from is when someone has a really annoying problem and there's there's like kind of solutions out there for it but none of them are really really great solutions and someone decides to go in with that particular person or that group of people and really sit down and figure out the problem and develop the perfect solution and when you do that that's when you can open up to creating that next big thing when it comes to your market on Upwork or the people that the potential clients you want to work with really freelancing in general, the way that you get to know them better, the way that you know how to brand and, and, and what you should say and what all your messaging should be and so forth is by finding people who have a particular problem and really digging into all the details of the problem, why this particular solution isn't their ideal solution, doesn't work, doesn't feel good to them, etc. The more you dig into that problem, then the more you're going to be able to develop a solution that is a magic bullet for them. So there's no magic to it. It's really just all about research. So that's the first thing with psychographics is branding. The second thing then, of course, is what I always harp on, which is specialization. So branding is how you stand out. And that's because all of your messaging just has a lot greater appeal because you truly understand these people's problem. And so you just naturally are communicating with them in a way that just resonates with them more. Specialization is about trust. And it goes back to something I've talked about before, which is people just tend to trust someone who presents themselves as a specialist more than they do someone who presents themselves as a generalist. You can look at any industry and you're going to see it. People who who position themselves as a specialist in something often get clients easier, make more money, are deemed more trustworthy, etc. People just don't believe that you can be an expert in everything. 
but they do believe that you can be an expert in one thing. So that doesn't mean that throughout your career you need to remain a specialist in one particular area. You can shift and move and grow and so forth. But especially when you're first starting out, you need to, to specialize and you'll have that instant trust. Now that, of course, on top of that, you're going to have your portfolio, your job history, your success score, all those things. But really what precedes all of that, what allows you to get work even when you don't have those things, is by being more of a specialist. And if you look at the top freelancers on Upwork, the ones that are making the four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 on Upwork, you'll see their their profiles are almost always pretty pretty specialized. So, all right, the that's the first tranche then is psychographics. The next one is network effects. So again, this is probably a term that you might have heard before. It's in relation to sites like Facebook and Twitter. But the basic idea of network effects is, let's say I, jo- I join Facebook. And if I'm on Facebook by myself, it really has no value. Okay, because there's nobody I can I have no friends and nobody I can interact with so forth. So when I join Facebook, my natural tendency is to invite all my friends. I want all of them on there because that's what makes a site like that valuable. So I do that. And let's say they all, all my friends join. And now I'm getting the value that I'm supposed to get with Facebook. And then Google Plus comes along. And now I look at Google Plus and I may say, you know what? I like the way this is built better. I like the technology better. I like maybe the policies better and so forth. But when I go over here, none of my friends are on here. And I've invited them, invited them, but they're like, nah, I, uh, Facebook's good enough. I don't want to switch over to Google+. And so I Google+, Plus ends up being something that I don't use, even though I might like it better technically. That, in a very simplified version, is network effects. And so different, uh, when it comes to social media, different networks have different network effects. Okay. So Upwork is a network and it has certain network effects and the network effects, they have, they explicitly state what they are. And that is to surface the mo- the best freelancer for a particular project. And, and that's important to understand because you may have a client who has one type of project one, you know, one day and another type of product project another day. And they could be completely different projects or different topics. And so as a result of that, they're going to they're going to get a whole different set of freelancers that are would be considered the best for those projects. So on Upwork, it's not just about job success score and rating and job history and portfolio. Those things are part of the equation and they're an important part of the equation, but they're not the only part of the equation. The other part of the equation is relevance. How relevant are you to a particular project? Now, again, going back to the tranche before, that's why specialization is so important. Because when you first get on Upwork, you don't have rank. You don't have job success score. You don't have a top rated status. You might not even have anything in your portfolio. You can't win jobs that way. So the way that you have to show up and get found and appeal to people is through relevance. Now it so happens that the very same thing that's going to allow you to rank higher 
in the search results because Upwork is very much a search engine. The thing that's going to allow you to rank higher in those search results is the exact thing that's going to give you instant credibility with a client and make you just seem more trustworthy uh, than than you know someone who is more of a generalist, and that's specialization. And so being a specialist not only helps you be more persuasive and more trustworthy, it also helps you rank higher. So it's important to understand those networks of effects and how rank and relevance play a part into the Upwork algorithm. So if you go in based off relevance, you start getting work. And then now, as you build up your job success score, you have both of those working in your favor. And the reality is, is outside of the very top, 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 top freelancers on Upwork, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of freelancers over there that really get that. So it's, it's pretty easy for you to to outcompete them. It, it's kind of funny. I uh, did an interview a while back with uh, Bojan Dermich. You may ha- have listened to that interview I did with him. And I interviewed him because he was new to Upwork and he was doing things one way, kind of the numbers game way. And then he had listened to watch some of my videos and listened to some of the podcast, changed what he was doing, and he started seeing success. Well, he had messaged me again the other day and <laughs> was like, man, this is like, he, he I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically was saying, I, I can't believe how easy this actually is. Because once he changed everything, he's like, I just, now I'm just, it's, it's easy. It's simple. I know exactly what to say. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm at the point where I'm turning down clients. So it really is a completely different sort of shift in, in what happens when you really dig into this and understand this. So again, understand those network effects, understand, yes, rank is important, but also how relevance plays a role because they want not just the best developer, but the best developer for a particular project. And someone who's a master in ASP may not be the best, they they may be the the top rated freelancer on Upwork, but if it's a PHP uh, project, then that might not be the best match. So you got to use that to your advantage. The last tranche here then is leverage. And this is about, really this is in a way is about being ruthless. And to understand that we are not, we are not trying to go all in on Upwork. We are not trying to use Upwork as our sole source of work for the forever. We eventually want to get off Upwork. Upwork is a great tool it, it, you know it's a great way to get started and get going and get clients and so forth but it is a competitive buying environment it will tend to drive the amount that you can charge down there's exceptions to all this but it's always going to be better for you to get work off of your own website and so the the leverage part of this is leveraging upwork to just we're just straight up using upwork to build our business now how are we doing that well, we're using Upwork to build our portfolio because we get clients off of Upwork. Those now become clients that we've successfully completed projects for. Those websites or applications or whatever it is that you're doing, if you're, maybe you're doing dog walking, <laughs> those now become a part of your portfolio. You can add them on your own website. So you're, sl- you're methodically building your portfolio using clients from Upwork. Also, testimonials. You're getting 
A lot of times from Upwork, when you complete a project, you're going to get testimonials from those clients. Those now become testimonials for your work that you can use. Now, I would say, I haven't looked into it specifically. Maybe look through through their terms of service on Upwork to see if that's a, a big deal for them. But I don't remember it, it being uh, a, a big deal that taking maybe the testimony of what somebody said, you may want to actually contact that per, the client uh, and ask them if you can display it on your site uh, outside of Upwork. I would guess most would not have a problem with that. But regardless, it's going to help you to build this this base uh, of, of testimonials. And ultimately, probably more important than that, people you've worked with that now help you develop a reputation where it starts to get around about you people start to talk about you one you know this client that you worked with here tells a friend of theirs about you who that friend says hey i'm looking for a developer and they tell them about you and now you start getting referrals and so forth and so uh you build you build the human side of it the network side of it from testimonials on the way through reputation all the way to referrals and that can start helping you to build your business and then the last thing is probably the controversial one, the one that uh, maybe Upwork wouldn't be happy with me saying, but that is actual clients. And I'm going to say kind of because technically, according to them, their terms, you and a client contacting each other outside of Upwork is sort of, it's, it's against their terms. The other thing I'll say about that, however, is that if you are at the point where you're going to leave Upwork, then maybe you don't care as much about their terms. And I may or may not have in my time on Upwork had clients who started out on Upwork and they got tired of Upwork and wanted to just work with me directly. And I may may or may not have agreed to that sort of thing. But it really is, again... I don't want to, I'm not advising you to break their terms of service. You shouldn't break their terms of service, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, you can't necessarily stop a client from from contacting you outside of Upwork if they really, really want to. So, and as you build your reputation and hopefully along with all this, you, you have a blog and you're blogging or maybe you have a YouTube channel and you're doing that sort of thing. And so finding you online uh, becomes a little bit easier. So those are the three things in terms of the master strategy. Again, these are sort of preliminary thoughts or preliminary ways of explaining this. But when you add them up, what you end up with is you have an, a, a really uh, direct approach to how you go about sort of building your profile on Upwork and then ultimately building up your your profile in the larger sense or the more general sense in terms of getting people to know who you are, building your reputation, your portfolio, and just straight up using Upwork to build your business. And then you can take a lot of the stuff that you've you've accumulated on Upwork in terms of portfolio, testimonials, reputation, etc., and transfer that over to your own site. And now when you start promoting your own site, you have a base that you can build off of. So that is the strategy with Upwork. It's not being on there for the next 15 years and only getting your work from there. It's maybe, it's hopefully if everything goes right, you're on it for maybe the next year. Things go really good, maybe it's just the next six months. And then once you've done that, you've got to a point where you can transition over uh, onto your own website. 
All right, so that's the master strategy. Hopefully, you know, you get something out of that and that, that helps you with your approach to how you think about Upwork. Again, the people that I've taught this to and have actually done this, uh, it seems to have worked really, really well for them. Um, and they've had a lot of success with it. And like Boyan said, it gets to the point where it's almost kind of easy. You can't believe how, how simple it really is. All right, so that'll do it for the episode. If you liked the episode, I'd appreciate it if you'd share it with somebody who could benefit uh, from this information, another developer, freelancer out there that you think maybe needs to hear this. Also, if you'll leave me a review over on iTunes, I'd appreciate that. If you go to johnmorrisshow.com and click on the Start Here link, I will give you Module 1 of my PHP, PHP 101 course if you will rate and review the podcast on iTunes. All the instructions, again, johnmorrisshow.com. And then click here on the Start Here link. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.